With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy la duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. On this Thanksgiving weekend, there is so much to be thankful for. I just wish I was thankful that I knew what was going on in the National Football League. Because in Week 12, what is up is down and what is down is up. And it's a week where the only bad weather could happen in California. That's what you get for a week 12 with three games already in the books. 13 more to go as we said goodbye to the buys a week ago, getting you set for week 12 of the National Football League. Welcome in. I mentioned it is a Thanksgiving weekend, and I am always thankful for so many things, one of which I get to join you each and every Sunday morning to talk football or just to talk whatever the world of sports. But when it's the fall, it is time for the gridiron. I am also thankful that we have an opportunity week in and week out to hear from a guy who lends his knowledge of years and years of experience, in-depth research, data gathering, and so much more that he lends it to us on a weekly basis, heck, on a daily basis. Who's kidding? It's an hourly basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But right now, he is ours, giving you the fantasy insight you need. He's Michael Harmon. What is going on, Dan Byer? Three games in the books, big college football Sunday, and it would appear based on the times of my tweets when I look back at my life, I really don't sleep very much, yep. and I was here doing Disco Fantasy uh, about three and a half hours ago, and we just keep rolling in. It was amazing, especially on Thanksgiving Day, to see the tweets that were pouring into you and how you were answering them not only for the Lions-Vikings game, not only for Cowboys and Chargers, but also for Giants and Redskins. And then you had to do your radio gigs as well. So it is a busy, busy time for Mike Harmon, but he is up to the task to give you winners in Week 12 
in the world of fantasy football. Kind of cool on a Thanksgiving day where you're smoking some meat. Had a couple of turkey breasts in the, in the smoker, and I was making a cool butternut squash dish dish that I, I doled out the recipe, and I'll, I'll put it up on Twitter as well. Uh, and while doing that, then firing off you know missives of the week that it was, and prepping for the show, and then getting everybody ready for the big college football Saturday. I think you were on board, Auburn plus four, plus five, and I kept asking the question and infuriating Alabama fans all week going, who the hell you beat? (laughs) Florida State looked good. They were a paper champion, as we've seen. Jimbo Fisher looking to fight guys in the stands. Mississippi State, well, we saw what happened to them. I mean, just go on down the line. Like you, you beat nobody. The so. LSU win is a strong win, and that probably says a lot for what Alabama has got. And I think likely on Tuesday will be on the outside looking in of the top four, but still a lot to be played as there's one more week in college football. There were three games played in the National Football League, and really the only thing that disappointed me about what we got on Thanksgiving was the lack of competitiveness in the Cowboys-Chargers game. Yeah. The Lions wearing their throwbacks. I, I I am not a fan of the Lions. I'm not a fan of any throwbacks that are just plain. I'm not that that is not. They don't have to be flashy, Mike. But when you take a logo off the helmet just because they didn't have logos back in the day, does nothing for me. And also the Chargers, despite rolling over the Cowboys, I know they have their alternate jersey. I just wanted to see the the 1960s powder blues. I yeah. know that they've got the, the newer version of their own powder blue, but there's something about the 1960 version that I thought could have gone so well in, in that time. We didn't see it, oh well, but we had three games at least in the books that uh, got people's fantasy seasons or fantasy weeks off to a good start, especially if you had Keenan Allen or Adam Thielen of the sort. And add Marvin Jones to the mix. Sure. Uh, he's certainly a, a bit of an outlier in expectations were, were down on him. But you, you look at the the Jersey side, just to, to segue and continue that for a moment. If you're going to keep pumping up, A, anytime I load a page, but go to the Jersey shop and buy mm-hmm. this now, have something good on the field that makes me want to go <laughs> yeah. buy it. Is really here. I can, yes, I could save twenty five percent. I don't want that jersey, so now I got to go look. But if that's the one you're feeding me, maybe I just click buy. Uh, we had the, the best game was obviously the Redskin, or I should say the uh, the Vikings and the the Lions off the jump. Case Keenum for all of this nonsense of hey he's, he's this close to being benched. Another great performance from him. You look at uh, Latavius Murray, while it wasn't pretty, was still a, a functional, fine fantasy effort. Uh, the middle game, I, I think Jason Garrett's analysis was some of the most laughable spin doctor a- attempts we've heard in recent memory of, hey, we were still in it. It's like, you were getting boat raced just because we were on the scoreboard. They hadn't put up 21 on you quickly they bludgeoned you to where you knew eventually the floodgate was going to open yeah it was up and down the field and the Chargers just in the first half didn't have any points to show for it but it was total domination we want to give you total domination in your fantasy league if you're like me and maybe played Alfred Morris and Evan Ingram you're going to need to make up some some uh some make some hay during these Sunday games because you're behind the eight ball we are coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more car insurance visit geico.com for a free rate quote if you're just tuning in for the first time mike harman's going to give you the hot plays and cold source of week 12 in the national football league he is also going to give you a clue for the mystery man for week 12 
Let's do the mystery man clue right off the jump to get people. This is a guy we want you to try to guess, and you can guess your answers at Dan Byer on Fox. You can also do it at Swollen Dome, a guy you need to get in your lineup this week. The first clue for the mystery man for week 12 is? Undrafted free agent quarterback. Undrafted free agent quarterback. That is a mystery man clue for week 12 in the National Football League. Let's get the hot plays going. Guys, you got to get in your lineup. Maybe you have some questions about how you're going to play this or that for week 12. Mike Harmon has the answers for you here on Fox Football Fantasy. Locked and loaded. Let's go with a couple of price shots from the quarterback position first. Andy Dalton going up against the Cleveland Browns. Four multiple touchdown games. His last five. Sure, only 154 yards against Denver, but three touchdowns. Get the club music going. Let the body got body flowing here on a, a Sunday morning. Get the blood moving about as we get ready to dominate the NFL slate. Cleveland, though, only 16 points per game allowed the last four to opposing quarterbacks, so there's one to hang a star on. Brandon LaFell, one of your sleepers slash ninjas of the week. Of the last two weeks, nine catches on 15 targets, 132 yards, and a score. Jacoby Brissett cleared to play today, going up against Tennessee. Top 15 in six of his last eight, three straight multiple touchdown games. T.Y. Hilton going up against that Tennessee secondary, fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I know he's been a boomer bust candidate for you. Here's an opportunity to go for the downs. On the other side of that, Marcus Mariota, one of the great disappointments for fantasy purposes this season. Indianapolis, 9 of 10 opposing quarterbacks have finished 14th or better at the position. So an opportunity there. Corey Davis, again, if you're going down the road where you've got some injured starters in your lineup, 22 targets in three games. Tevin Coleman, another big workload expected going up against Tampa Bay. They're a middling defense against the run. 17 fantasy points per game over the last four. You're looking at back-to-back 20 carry games. If we're going to get that kind of workload, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. Mike Wallace, price shot as bad and as badly as that Baltimore offense has been. You need something to look at on Monday Night Football. Maybe you don't. Uh, Going up against Houston, giving up almost 36 fantasy points per game to opposing wideouts over the last four weeks. So if Joe Flacco's ever going to pop, here's an opportunity, and Wallace has scored in back-to-back weeks. Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay, usually a chalk, but this year not so fast. Top 14, four of his last five, though, even though Julio Jones can't find Pater. Our guy, Mohamed Sanu, can. Another good start for him. On the other side of that, Deshaun Jackson, 70-plus. Or a touchdown, and or a touchdown in six of nine games. So an opportunity there. Uh, another sleeper, Devontae Booker, because Paxton Lynch under center for the Denver Broncos. I just want to dance along. Six both fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs, about 23 a game. And you look at 19 touches last week. He's established himself, at least earning the opportunity to be the big-time performer in this offense. And then finally, Martavis Bryant back into the good graces at least. On paper, nine targets the last two weeks, and Juju Smith-Schuster out today for that what could be a burial of the Green Bay Packers. Let's get to the cold source for Week 12. Guys, you want to stay away from. These could be guys that you normally play on a weekly basis, but for Week 12, it is not a good idea. Cold sores for Week 12. I'm taking out my Aquaman Trident, which really isn't a Trident because it has five prongs, so it's the dumbest thing I think perpetuated on man in recent memory. But (laughs) I'm going to pull it out anyway. I'm going to go big game hunting. I'm going to start with Jordan Howard going up against those Philadelphia Eagles. 
obviously a beast based on volume, so still going to be a second running back for you, but cautionary tale where expectations are downgraded. Number one run defense in the game, giving up 71 yards per game, only 11.5 fantasy points per game to opposing runners the last four weeks. And get this, Jordan Howard giving you nothing in the receiving game, zero targets since week eight. Mm. So you're not even getting a bonus there. More a Tariq Cohen, uh, it would appear, uh, out of the backfield. How about Amari Cooper going up against Denver? Take his quarterback with him along the way. Um, from the quarterback slot, Derek Carr, it's a little counterintuitive because 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Denver defense the last four weeks. How about wow. that? Six most fantasy points allowed to opposing QBs. However, Derek Carr, QB 14 or lower, six of his last seven games. He's not getting a lot of help. I, a lot I, I mean, of drops, I, a lot oh, of problems. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I know not that not all of it can be put on that, but I think a decent amount of that can be put on the others. So we're going to put that on Amari Cooper going yeah, up against Crabtree, Seth yep. Roberts. They were awful last week in Mexico City. There you go. Amari Cooper, other than that big game against Kansas City, he's had two games over 60 yards all oh. year, including that 210-yard game. So uh, very difficult to get him in your lineup. Even with the target count, has been monstrous. 45 over the last four weeks. Production has just not been there. And Denver, for all of the problems they're having, they've been pretty good against opposing wideouts. Still seventh best against wide receivers the last four. Go play Jared Cook instead. We take Jordy Nelson. He's an afterthought at this point, but we've got to give him a proper uh, fantasy football burial. Five straight games, he's scoreless. 35 yards or fewer in four straight with 10 total receptions during that time. Just an absolute disaster with Hundley under center. Leonard Fournette, another guy, volume play, back end number one. But you look at Arizona, tied fifth best in the NFL, giving up 3.7 yards per carry. This is a pure volume play, getting him in your lineup. Lamar Miller against Baltimore. Again, you're looking at 61 rushing yards for him or less in five straight games. Should have a decent workload, but Baltimore giving up 9.3 fantasy points per game to opposing runners over the last four weeks. That's good for second best in the National Football League. Drew Brees against the Rams, another guy we got to look at. Shutout passing twice this year. Did have a rushing touchdown against Buffalo. Only one three-touchdown game twice. He's finished with fewer than 200 yards in the Rams. Fifth best against opposing quarterbacks. Fewer than 12 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. Get it back into the running game, especially when we start finding out all the fun incentives in Mark Ingram's contract about Pro Bowls and early opt-outs to go become a free agent. It's interesting you mentioned Drew Brees. Saw Drew Brees last night. Took my wife out for a birthday dinner in downtown L.A. And some of the Saints were dining at the same establishment. And kudos to them. We had 7 o'clock reservations. They were out at about 7.30. How about that? So, yeah. Chase went, Daniel, the quarterbacking crew. That's pretty good. I went to the uh, Warner Brothers tour on Friday, and part of your tour is walking on the Ellen set. Okay. Drew Brees and his wife. Big oh. helps when she's evidently a big Saints fan. So when they got to the Super Bowl, she did the on-air mm-hmm. plea, kind of joking. Not like she couldn't go and buy a couple of sweets. Sure. She could have uh, bought every ticket at the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but evidently, <laughs> Drew Brees' wife was watching, said, I could make that happen. 
So they actually have two seats that have their name plates, and there's a Drew Brees jersey oh, hanging nice. in the studio. Well, they're gonna, How about that? They're going to be in L.A. today. That is not where the weather is going to be a problem in California. Instead, it's going to be north in the Bay Area. Both the Seahawks and Niners dealing with rain, as are the Broncos and Raiders. Should be beautiful for that Rams and Saints game in Los Angeles. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And the Rams do host the Saints today at the L.A. Coliseum. And in addition to those L.A. fans wanting the Rams to win, so does the rest of the NFL. We'll tell you why next year on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Glad to have you with us getting us set for Week 12 in the NFL. You can reach us on Twitter. We'll answer your tweets if you follow us. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. And, Mike, where can they get you at? That's right. We are extorting you for the follow. <laughs> at Swollen true. Dome, uh, Fox Football Fantasy. Brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Nick Levenseller follows us, and he needs two wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, Richard Matthews. Or Devontae Adams. I know one of those was in your hot plays for Week 12, and that would be T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, we're going to take Hilton, and we're going to take Hill. We're, we're going to stay away from Devontae Adams, Richard Matthews. Uh, still waiting a word whether he'll actually go today or not. More of a game-time decision. Uh, they were optimistic towards the end of the practice week, and certainly of the consistency of targets he would be uh, an interesting play, but I think we're going for the big hitters here as we get down the stretch, particularly you got Hilton in a plus matchup and then some for the Kansas City Chiefs, a very interesting matchup against Buffalo for all of Buffalo's warts. Alex Smith in a tough spot. They've only allowed one quarterback to finish as a top 12 scorer all season long. The Chiefs need to get things going again, and as I look at the National Football League, Mike, I'm putting the Chiefs in this category, and if you look at their their track record, you mentioned the the struggles, at least that Alex Smith has as of late, and what maybe Buffalo's defense can do against him. When you look at the landscape of the NFL right now with 32 teams, I'd probably put the Chiefs eight in this spot, but I think there are eight good teams in the National Football League. Sure, the Panthers are 7-3 and three and maybe are a team that's close to breaking through if Cam Newton continues to be Cam Newton and they get Greg Olson back. Well, it could be on a limited basis today, right. but at least he's returning today. I'm looking at the NFL and I just see eight good teams and two of those play today in Los Angeles with the Saints and Rams. Hard to believe, but there's no way 12 weeks ago we thought that this would be the marquee game of Week 12. And here it is with big-time playoff implications for the NFC, especially when it comes to first-round buys and home-field advantages. And now you've got Marshawn Lattimore out for the Saints. Robert Woods is out for the Rams. So both of these teams coming in a little bit shorthanded without big weapons in their matchup at the Coliseum. Yeah, that's too bad that we don't get the full complement of players, particularly the Saints, which what what they've built defensively. Uh, I went out on a limb, and I, I tagged them as a NFC championship contender before the season, thinking the defense would be better. Could not have possibly imagined that they'd rise up as they did. But you've got your starting cornerbacks are out. Robert Woods, who's been the most consistent receiver for Jared Goff. So we lose a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the over-under in this game still sitting at 53-and-a-half. Even though these defenses have played very well, the, the Rams 
better pass defense still can get beaten up on the run, and I guess that's what you're banking on here, that between Ingram and Kamara, they can move the ball and then Breeze will finish it off either. Uh, again, you've got to account for the passing game, but whether they can just stuff the ball down the Rams' throats. Conversely, Jared Goff has got to look to Sammy Watkins more frequently. That has been an interesting connection because many games he's been an afterthought, a decoy running sprints. Now he's going to have to be a step up alongside Cooper Cup if they're going to ha- take care of uh, business at home. Yeah, the growth of Robert Woods over these last couple of weeks has been something that maybe has gone under the radar, even with that huge game that he had a couple of weeks ago at the Coliseum against the Houston Texans. Jared Goff, over the last five weeks, averaging the fourth most fantasy points among quarterbacks if you're playing in a standard league, which likely is the case anyway with the quarterbacks. Sure. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Carson Wentz, the only quarterbacks scoring more over that five-game span. And on the flip side, if you want to take that five-week window, the top three running backs that are active right now, Ezekiel Elliott was number one over that span, but for the average of the last five weeks, Mark Ingram one, Alvin Kamara two, Todd Gurley three. So, so when you talk about fantasy points with the running backs that we've got in this game, pretty amazing. And you talked about your your belief in the Saints. I thought the Saints were going to be – I know that Drew Brees was older, but I always go back to the, the days when they had guys down the field that could beat you, whether it be a Robert Meacham or a Devery Henderson, guys that would stretch the field and allow Marcus Colston or even a, a Jimmy Graham later on space to move. I thought Ted Ginn was going to bring that. That's not what Ted Ginn's doing, but he and Brandon Coleman in their short intermediate routes are being able to take some of those passes that Drew Brees isn't able to make anymore, 40 yards downfield, and take those 10-yard crossing routes and make them 20 to 30 yards. And it's been a big, big help for the Saints offense. I think to some degree looking at the success of the Patriots all these years, right, where Tom Brady didn't have that necessarily down-the-field throw occasionally do it mm-hmm. just to keep you honest yeah. but for the most part it's a how do I get a guy coming across the the face of the defense maybe a little pick play maybe it's just I can outrun you uh, getting across and when you've got a guy like Ted Ginn Jr. as long as he catches the ball right that was always the the problem back in in Miami and other spots is just he Carolina, couldn't yeah. catch when he was consistently so now finally it's all right. Let's not do the forty-yard bomb and looking over your shoulder and you know hand fighting and everything else. Let's find you in space, basically an extended handoff, more or less the way Breeze delivers the ball, and let him run. The fact that Ted Ginn is turning into a solid—I mean, he's in true wide receiver form. It's not just weapon where you hope that he can catch the ball when it's thrown deep. The receiving skills, very, very sharp for the Saints this season to go along with everybody that plays along in New Orleans. One other note about this game and why it's important, Mike, is you've got the Rams coming in at 7-3 and three and the Saints at 8-2 and two behind the Eagles at 9-1. and one. In addition to fighting for that wild card and fighting for the home field that you can get with that second seed, the home field is the biggest issue, and it's why I think teams across the NFC – would rather see the Rams win this game for the simple fact of 
you don't have to want to go to New Orleans if right. you're in the divisional playoffs. You don't want to. I mean, in the in the wild card, I, I think that's likely at least going to happen unless something happens with Carolina making a push. But remember, the Saints already have a win in Charlotte this year, so they have a tiebreaker. I think the fact is is that this is a big game for the rest of the NFC to have the Rams try to pull the Saints back and try to avoid having to go to the Superdome in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely huge uh, on that front. I mean, obviously we know just like Pittsburgh. And Ben Roethlisberger on the road, Drew Brees and the Saints, Matt Ryan, like there's those quarterbacks that are that's part of their career. They're they're mm-hmm. home quarterbacks. Look at the home road splits and they're 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 disparate uh and concerning at times. Uh with the Rams, there's just no decided home field advantage to be had here over under uh of, they're looking at like seventy two, seventy three thousand a game is what's been reported, probably uh, a bit shy of that most weeks, but you're looking at a Rams team that Los Angeles as a whole still trying to figure out how much they believe in him, but after the loss to Minnesota, now you're inching up in your chair wondering what they do this week against another good defense. Again, down a couple Mm -hmm. of cornerbacks, but still another big test much different than what that first half of the schedule looked like. One other interesting note, this was not a flexed from you know a Sunday night game, but the NFL did alter the schedule to move this to a 425 Eastern time kick. So with two NFC teams, you're going to see the game actually on CBS today because that Broncos-Raiders game was actually the, the prime game that they wanted in the window. Now that's going to be overtaken by Saints-Rams. Mystery man clue number two for week 12, a guy that you got to get in your lineup, but we want you to guess. The first clue was undrafted free agent quarterback. What is another clue for our mystery man in week 12? All Pac-10 honorable mention his final year of college ball. All Pac-10 honorable mention. Interesting. So the fact that I give you Pac-10. Yes. I, I didn't <laughs> now, that. now we're starting to... Figure out the line narrow, in the sand. Narrow it down. He's Mike Carvin. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. Again, you got to follow us, and we'll answer your questions on Twitter. Get Mike at Swollen Dome. I am at Dan Byer on Fox. As we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I mentioned the Broncos Raider game. Well, the Broncos will turn over a new leaf today in Oakland. And before we tell you on what that actually is, let's get the latest from Isaac Lowenkron on the shakeup. Top the world of college football. Yes, good morning, Dan and Michael. The college football playoff picture now in complete chaos. Thanks to number one Alabama getting defeated decisively by sixth-ranked Auburn on Saturday, 26-14. Nick Saban asked about the ramifications of the loss. I think this team deserves the opportunity to get in the playoff uh, by what they've been able to accomplish and what they've been able to do. Certainly not maybe in this game, but I think the team we play tonight is a very good football team and probably one of the best teams in the country. Number three, Clemson won a 24th-ranked South Carolina 34-10. Number five, Wisconsin won a Minnesota 31 to nothing to improve to 12 and 0. Number 21 Stanford over 8th ranked Notre Dame 38 to 20. Number 17 Washington defeating 13th ranked Washington State in the Apple Cup 41 to 14. So it'll be Stanford against USC in the Pac-12 title game. 18th ranked LSU over Texas 45-21. No word yet on the status of AM head coach Kevin Sumlin. 
Finally, Dan and Michael in the NFL. Adam Schefter reporting that newly acquired Chiefs cornerback Darrell Rivas will not play today against the Bills, while Saints cornerbacks Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley will not play today against the Rams. Chris Mortensen just reported that Jaguars quarterback Jalen Ramsey will play today against the Cardinals despite a hand injury, while Ian Rappaport of NFL Media just reported that the Cowboys are going to waive veteran running back Darren McFadden. Dan and Michael? Maybe not surprising things, Isaac, that the Cowboys are making that move. This is a team that lost Ezekiel Elliott and still was just keeping two active running backs on their roster at Rod Smith and Alfred Morris, and really don't use either of them. So I mean, that's, that's I tell that's, you, offensive line woes that we saw. We we had Smith come back, but then Zach Martin gets hurt uh, as a whole, just offensively uh, bogged down in, in the mud. Des Bryant, a shell of his former self, being dominated pillar to post uh, in most games. Dak Prescott under duress and looking very ordinary. You take away an all-pro back, that's the way things normally should work, and that's exactly what's happening right now, Big D. But none of those guys that I mentioned play defense, which couldn't get off the field against the Chargers and and got bounced around by Phillip Rivers all day long. You look at those early drives, not a lot of the running game. You were in the game, but you never felt like you were really in it if you were watching it, that it was eventually going to be a boat race. So Rod Smith with a bigger bigger workload. Darren McFadden, if you're deep in, in your fantasy league and looking at the – this is now the time when someone's fully released him after the healthy scratch. He's going to get picked up somewhere and maybe actually have some meaningful carries down here. So play defense and go add him to the back of your bench. There's a lot of thought of ways to commit to the run, but I think that there is only one way, Mike Carmen, and that's just to keep on running the ball. That, and that's really what it is. And I don't think that the Cowboys did it against Atlanta, and I don't think that they did it against the Chargers. The Eagles game was a different story where it started to get out of hand. Phillip Rivers, we know, is a master at controlling the clock and controlling what the the Chargers – I mean – it's it's not under the realm of possibility if you have a high-powered offense to go into a game against the Chargers and you're gonna, only going to have the ball for 20 minutes because of how he controls that offense and how they can chew up so much clock. But Dallas, just to to me, in, in this mix of trying to run and, and pass the ball, they just showed no commitment to running the ball. You talked about the injuries that they had. Maybe I'm sounding like a disgruntled Alfred Morris guy who was looking for some of that heat from Ezekiel Elliott to transfer. But to me, it just in watching those two games specifically, Atlanta and the Chargers, there was just zero commitment to it. Even if it's not there, I think there was they they just didn't commit to it. But even in the Philly game, it was close till the middle of the third quarter, and then they got boat raced from from there out. Mm-hmm. And the, the floodgates opened, and it became a disaster, much like this Chargers game. Same thing, hanging around. And then before you knew it, you know, it was Russell Crowe in, in Gladiator yelling, you know, on my signal, unleash hell. And then all of a sudden everything went away. And you, you see the Cowboys, they're not using Morris. They're not using Smith consistently. The short passing game disappeared. Cole Beasley's a non-factor. That, that's essentially a running play. Most catches that he makes along and, and Jason Witten isn't going to be a threat in the red zone, but you've got to be able to use him consistently in the short game. They're not. So it really everything torn asunder. And I, I, I put up a big 
Chicago-style deep dish pie of who gets blamed for everything. The union doesn't get a full pass yet, and I like Jerry Jones still saying, you know, we, you know, we should have had Zeke because the the league got us, but you know, we got all these other problems. I thought it was funny, a nice little side swipe to the league. But Jason Garrett, I think, has gotten a free pass to this point. A lot of criticism of everything else swirling around the Cowboys, yet he gets to do the all shucks routine still. When I look at the Cowboys, I try to rank who's missed and who's the most valuable of that. And you thought, and and I even made the argument when you lose Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith for those two games that That's they had a hell against of a Philadelphia. Combo to lose. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Smith returns and the defense is just as bad against the Chargers and can't get off the field, and the offense doesn't do any better. You mentioned the Zach Martin injury, which is legitimate as well. But now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, Sean Lee, who they really can't count on, he's a fifty fifty right. bet. It, I mean, really, if you look at the – they put a stat up in that, that game on Thursday that the games with, like with Sean Lee, their record 15 games with Sean Lee and the 15 games without him. The fact that you're doing a stat saying 15 games without this guy, right. what is our record, tells you enough that you need to know. But there's there's a lot of important Cowboys, but even when you're getting some of them back, I'm not sure it changes anything for how bad things are going in Dallas right yeah. now. Interestingly, you go back before the season, you had all the the question of suspensions and and turnover on defense. You add the schedule being much more difficult. This is the defense I expected when the season started. So they outperformed for about half a year. It's too bad Ezekiel Elliott wasn't in shape the first couple of Mm -hmm. weeks where they might not have dropped one or two of those games. But now that he's done and after having a monster time you you put out the stat of how well he'd played for that month-long period last three games they're outscored 92 22 you gotta do something to yeah maintain ball control maintain possessions to at least give your defense a, ta- a chance to stop tripping over their own tongues well the denver broncos saw the bad dallas cowboys earlier this season and it's amazing to think that the broncos could win that game 42 to 17 like they did in week two Boy, are things different for Denver now as they go to Oakland today to face the Raiders. Paxton Lynch making his first start of the season in a game where you are going to get some precipitation, likely relying on the run. Paxton Lynch should have Emmanuel Sanders in this game. He is expected to go for Denver. But as you look at what Denver is going to do offensively, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are guys that I, I think you would normally play as a wide receiver two week in and week out. I think you got to at least ride with them, at least against that Oakland defense for this week if you've got an opportunity to. Well, I think that's it. You're looking at a full matchup basis. They're going to come in with some basic concepts. I think what what is interesting and what we've chronicled it over the last few few days is you don't often see coordinators bounced that roll into the same matchup, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have a new D, DC and you had a, a mini revolt by veteran players, uh, rest days, they called it, in Oakland. And then you look at the release of McCoy, and now Musgrave slides up. Kind of interesting that he doesn't get at least one or two starts with Paxton mm-hmm. Lynch to figure out if they can jumpstart this offense at all, and that they just jettison him uh, to the Netherlands uh, that fast. So a lot of Devontae Booker, I think. But for Paxton Lynch, if you're in a daily fantasy league, Going to get him at a very cheap price. I think he's worth a shot. Oakland's second most fantasy points allowed per game to opposing quarterbacks over the last month, almost 21 a game. This is what happened in Denver, and you cannot convince me otherwise. The apathy towards Trevor Simeon got so much 
that everything that he did wrong was so magnified. I'm not saying that he's a great quarterback or a good quarterback. And I'm not saying that I know the Northwestern ties we joke about here. Yeah. I know that there's no he would make three or four bad throws that would just leave you shaking your head. No, that's right. And, and, and they, they weren't just bad throws. They, they were they were atrocious throws. It's like, what did he see? Like, I want the helmet cam yes. footage to see exactly why he threw the ball into a given area. But they needed to know about Paxton Lynch, who wasn't healthy. So you've now got this window of time when you're Denver saying, the fans and nobody believes in Simeon anymore. The the perception there has become the reality. We cannot continue with him, especially making the throws that he did in his final start on that Monday night game right. against the Chiefs. So now you're like, well, we can't go to Paxton Lynch, so let's play Brock Osweiler, and we'll have our head coach say that Brock has earned another start. And it's no knock on Brock Osweiler, but we've now seen enough of Brock Osweiler to know what we've got. And it was just a matter of time. So now that time comes where Paxton Lynch is finally healthy to start. But that's how bad things have gotten in Denver is that the original starting quarterback was so bad that they couldn't play him anymore. They had to play a guy that everybody knows is just a backup, if that, and Osweiler, because the first-round pick that you had a couple of years ago isn't healthy. And now, Mike, you've got weeks 12 through 17 to decide, is Paxton Lynch even our guy before we go into the draft in 2018? Just an unbelievable situation with the Broncos and their quarterbacking mess. Well, what takes it to an, a whole other level is now you're you're looking at what we had with the Rams here in L.A. last year where Jared Goff's playing with the team without a lot of talent. Here you can say, okay, Booker, you see little sprinkles of what he could be. C.J. Anderson now removed from being the star, and mm-hmm. I, I loved his emotional response to the fumble that he yeah. cares that much, but – that's part of of what he's bringing at this point. You got two elite wide receivers and a really bad offensive line. So are you just really going to get a true feeling for how good or or bad Paxton Lynch is? And you jettisoned your coordinator. You you made mm-hmm. a coordinator shift with bringing him in. And if that's his guy and that's been his you know private tutoring sessions while coming back from injury, then so be it. But at least at, to this point, it doesn't look like John Elway has the blueprint for how to solve this problem. Hines tweets in and feels that he's got a uh, clue on who your mystery man is. Do you have a final mystery man clue before we reveal? 22nd round pick of the Los Angeles Angels. Ooh, the Angels drafted him. Interesting. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Do you want to put a bow on this Broncos-Raiders game? Jason Lockenfora is saying the Raiders also could be making a change at offensive coordinator as Todd Downing's job looks to be on the line. Could be changes in the offseason for Oakland. He is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. The New England Patriots will welcome a backup quarterback to town, but will that equal fantasy success? We tell you next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio getting you set for week 12. Mike Harmon's mystery man has been uh, quite a dilemma. I'm Dan Beyer. That is Mike Harmon. Mike gives you a guy each week. He he gives you clues to a guy that you got to play in week 12, and we reveal the mystery man coming up in about 30 seconds, but I want to read the clues quickly. He was an undrafted free agent quarterback that was all Pac-10 honorable mention and was drafted in the 22nd round by the Angels. Your mystery man of Week 12, a guy that you should play, is... 
You roll the dice with Matt Moore. Had himself a nice substitute effort a week ago in place of the uh, injured and ineffective Jay Cutler. Um, last week, 282 yards and a touchdown. 47 career games. Was a high school safety before converting to quarterback. Uh, and that shows at times with some errant throws. But Matt Moore, a guy for daily fantasy purposes, if you're looking at the 17-point spread that is sitting on this game, one of five games with the double-digit point spread uh, as we get things rolling today, that you might have an opportunity for catch-up and chasing points kind of time. So I'll take Matt Moore, but the extension of that is Kenny Stills, who he's got a good rapport with, a little bit more than Devontae Parker. And you look at the Patriots have given up 37 plays of at least 20 yards in the passing game. What about that Dolphins backfield? Because Damian Williams statistically it looks like it's his job take out a 69 yard run and it looks like no one wants that job since Jay and Jay is left right. that is 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 there any value in having anyone from the dolphins backfield i think there you're you're just wishing and hoping for one of those big plays like you said with Kenyon Drake uh and the big run that he had for Damian Williams expecting a little more maybe in the receiving game. So we look at him maybe as a flex-worthy play in the low 30s if we're going to do the full-on rankings along the way. And Drake's no better. I mean, perhaps even a little bit lower depending on uh, belief. But the workload split, not enticing. The Dolphins' overall offensive prowess, even though they've got the super genius in Adam Gase, not exactly inspiring confidence. Dolphins haven't won in New England since 2009. Patriots, by the way, fewest turnovers so far this season in the National Football League. Not that surprising, but this is a team that Chris Hogan has been out for for a while. The running back situation has been, uh, well, as great as Mike Gillisley was at the beginning. Now you get a little bit more Deion Lewis and James White in that backfield. Patriots continuing to be the Patriots as they always are, but Brandon Cook seems to be shining as well. Another big game last week against Me- er, in Mexico City against the Raiders. Yeah, no Hogan keep chucking it up. The target count has really risen the last few weeks. Amendola expected to be back here, so you get him in as a third wide receiver. Uh, no Marty Bennett. Uh, no, he's not filing any grievances against anybody, but uh, he, he's likely out uh, with the injury as well. You talk about the workload split. Deion Lewis, based on pure touch count, is going to be the first man that you'd be looking at for fantasy purposes. Unfortunately, he didn't get the repeat performance out of Rex Burkhead uh, after his heroics going back to Week 10. Fox Football Fantasy, great news. We're brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Will Fuller's out for the Texans Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens as the Ravens go for their fourth shutout of the season. Amazing that defense stepping up against bad teams. That's about that and Alex Collins, all that's good for Baltimore. There's another opportunity for you, too, to go and beat up on another bad offense led by Tom Savage, who says, Bring out the booze. I deserve them. And they're not really booing. They're booing what we're doing and that we're not performing. They're not booing me. No, they're booing you, Tom Savage. You can misdirect and spin that all all you want. Uh, But you're looking at an ineffective offense. Lamar Miller can't fall forward right now. Another great shot for the Ravens, D. And Mike Wallace is a hot play for Mike Harmon for the rest of the hot plays for Week 12 in the National Football League. Well, Mike's got it served up next. Maybe old versus new today in 
Glendale, Arizona could see some Jalen Ramsey against Larry Fitzgerald. How about that matchup that we could get? One of 13 games in the National Football League. I know Jaguars and Cardinals aren't whetting everyone's appetite after the (laughs) Thanksgiving Day holiday. However, Saints-Rams, that should be pretty good. Bears-Eagles, we'll see if the Eagles can become the first team in the NFL to reach double-digit victories as they are currently at 9-1 with the best record in the National Football League. Just some of the action we'll be diving into today here on Fox Football Fantasy. Well, I like the one you teased first with Larry Fitzgerald going up against Ramsey, and Ramsey had declared himself out. I got a hurt hand. I'm done. Jaguars... Specifically, I'm thinking Tom Coughlin walked into the locker room and said, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, right. And said, you're playing, and you're going to battle through this injury. But, you know, wetting the appetite. Look, we're in the final weeks of the season. For fantasy purposes, you got two or three weeks to mistake your claim on a playoff berth and, and get or advance your seating. And then for football in general, we're in that home stretch. We're on the back, back nine, as you would say, to – to just celebrate each of these games because pretty soon enough we're going to be watching nondescript NBA games on Wednesday nights. Yeah, that is that is going to be the case sooner rather than later and faster than you may realize it. As I look at this NFL landscape and we bring up the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have the Jaguars as one of the eight teams that I actually think are good teams in the National Football League. What's interesting is we are we are critical of their quarterback play and what they get from Blake Bortles. But I go to the other sideline, and as I'm looking at Week 12, Mike, Blaine Gabbert and Bruce Arians was trying to convince us that you know Blaine Gabbert was a good option for the team. Listen, the Cardinals aren't going anywhere. The David Johnson injury was just the start of bad things to happen for that team. But as I see like Brett Hundley playing for the Green Bay Packers, and you see other quarterbacks maybe getting a shot. Peterman! Nathan Peterman at the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> I'm starting to think, okay, yeah, Blaine Gabbard maybe isn't as bad of an option as you could see around the NFL. So the Jaguars about a five-point favorite hovering in that area today against the Cardinals in Arizona. It's just kind of this is what we get in Week 12. The Gabbard-Peterman starts last week, and this is nothing against Blaine Gabbard. Peterman, a different story. That's the that's there's a part of every NFL season, Mike, where all of a sudden you just start to there there's a turn where you're just getting guys starting. And that was the turn. It was in week 11 this year where all of a sudden, as you try to play out this string, it's just certain guys playing in the NFL. Well, no, and that's the difficult part is that you're not some teams there's not the big investment on the backup, right? The Cardinals were all in on on Carson Palmer. Didn't work. And now it's just yeah, true. Band-Aids yep. and doing what you can. Stanton in, gets hurt. You bring in Gabbert. Has, for fantasy purposes, hey, 257, 3, and 2. Uh, you, you'll take it. But when you, you look at the overall, you're not planning for anything other than let's play out the string. Yep. Maybe you get – he's good enough to wing the ball around that you get a better look at your tertiary receivers and as you try to set up your depth chart for the following season – but other than that, you're not looking to get much more. Like you said, David Johnson getting hurt. He was your offense. He was your running back, period. There was no split, right? Chris Johnson's been critical of what was going on. You were a non-factor. You were done. So for Arizona, Bruce Arians, as much as we love the jaunty hats and his brash, bold persona at this point, they're just trying to play spoiler. 
The mystery man for Week 12 was Matt Moore of the Miami Dolphins, a guy you got to get into your lineup. Let's reveal the hot plays for Week 12, guys that you may not normally think to put in your lineup this week but should go ahead and do on this Sunday or even Monday night. Maybe you don't love the Matt Moore selection, daily fantasy play or a high-end number two because he's playing catch-up. How about Kenny Still, 65-plus, four of his last five. You look at the big plays, New England allows 37 of at least 20 yards to opposing wide receivers, and he's shown success and a good rapport with Matt Moore in the past. Remember the breakout last week when Moore replaced Jay Cutler. We look at Ryan Fitzpatrick going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Four of the last five quarterbacks to face the Falcons have finished as a QB1. So top 12 performances here. Mike Evans is back. We'll get to him in a moment. But certainly Deshaun Jackson's had some great success. You've got the dual tight ends. Hard to pick your poison between Howard and Braid on a week-to-week basis. But take the cue and go with Fitzpatrick because you know they can't run the ball with Doug Martin, which means more of Sims, maybe more of a split of guys that are more versatile than what Doug Martin brings. How about Isaiah Crowell going up against Mm. Cincinnati Bengals? Seventh most fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs the last four games. This is wishing, wanting, and hoping based on a volume play that Crowell can make a play either as uh, a runner or as a receiver out of the backfield. We've got uh, Devontae Booker as a, a bit of a ninja option going up against Oakland, still being picked up in a lot of leagues after the 19 touches against the Bengals a week ago. Oakland, for all their woes in the pass defense side of things, well chronicled, lack of interceptions, everything else, six most fantasy points allowed per game to opposing runners over the past month as well. We look at Mike Wallace going up against the Houston Texans. I almost said Oilers because I felt like saying Oilers. But (laughs) touchdowns back-to-back weeks. Looking at Houston's Civ-like secondary at this point. Almost 36 fantasy points per game allowed to opposing wide receivers over the last month. Tevin Coleman, back-to-back 20-carry games against a middling Tampa Bay run defense. They've got some injuries up front still. Hasn't given you the huge explosive game, but you know what? We'll take the opportunities and move from there. Andy Dalton going back to that game against Cleveland. Four multi-touchdown efforts the last five games. I know everybody's waiting for the Browns to jump up and bite the Bengals, but Dalton will still put up his points as well. Brandon LaFell, another ninja option in that game. Nine catches on 15 targets the last two weeks for 132 yards. Uh, The matchup of quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett going up against Marcus Mariota, both solid plays this week. Brissett, top 15, six of his last eight, three straight multi-TDs, taking you and T.Y. Hilton and have yourself a day. Mariota, Indianapolis, nine of ten quarterbacks have finished 14th or better against them. So Corey Davis comes along, 22 targets his last three weeks. Cold plays for Week 12. Guys you want to stay away from that you don't want to touch, you want nothing to do with. The cold plays, Mike Carmen for Week 12. We'll start with Alex Smith. A lot cold of problems. Sores, excuse me, sorry. Cold plays. It's huh? a band, right? Yeah, it's a group. The Cold We're gonna Sores. We're going to start singing some of the... I'll start playing the piano. Alex Smith against Buffalo. One QB, one finish all year against the Buffalo Bills. See, now you got Coldplay songs in your head. I know. Um, yeah, uh, so one top 12 performance against them, giving up 15 po- fantasy points per game 
to opposing quarterbacks the last four. And with Smith, only two multi-touchdown games his last five, including that clunker. Uh, I'll use that as the term because you can't say what I want to on air uh, (laughs) against the New York Giants. Joe Mixon, even though the volume is there, yes, you'll play him as a second running back based on volume, but only two games with over 100 total yards this year uh, and just – not giving you much in terms of uh, rushing yardage, only a couple of over 60 yards as well. Has scored two of his last three, but you're touchdown dependent in terms of your output. Jordy Nelson against Pittsburgh, the obligatory, uh, let's put it to rest, five games in a row without a touchdown, 35 yards or fewer, four straight games, only 10 receptions during that period as well. Big game hunting along the running back position, Jordan Howard against Philadelphia, top end number two. Volume play means you can't bench him, but Philadelphia, 71 rushing yards allowed per game. A little bit misleading because they do play with such a big lead most of the time, but still you're shutting the run game down early. And now that Howard's been absolutely eliminated from the passing game, curious to see exactly what he's able to put forth. And Amari Cooper against Denver. That big game against Kansas City accounts for for pretty much everything. Four touchdowns on the year, over 60, only twice all season long, 45 targets over four games. That's encouraging. You'll hear his name a lot, but you're also going to hear Andy dropped another one. Justin Vance tweets in, Ty Cobb, or excuse me, I'd rather have Ty Cobb, Randall Cobb, or Devontae Parker. I just said Ty Cobb and Coldplay in the same sentence, or in the same uh, segment. That's good. What's going on here? Nothing wrong. We're conflating things here. That's fine. <laughs> you got Ty Cobb. Would you play Ty Cobb or Lou Gehrig this week? Who would you start in your... Old time fantasy baseball, or well, or do you start Honus Wagner? That's the well, question. Yeah, Honus Wagner uh, <laughs> is certainly a nice third option. But I'm going to go Lou Gehrig because he smiled a lot, but you knew he'd he, he'd, he'd still cut you uh, with Ty Cobb. Got, was, he left it nothing uh, nothing uh, uh, behind the scenes. It's it amazing. Was all out there. I got 400 points from Babe Ruth because he <laughs> pitched and hit like five oh, home runs last nice. week. And it was a two-start week where he threw like 190 <laughs> pitches in a game. Yeah. I like the way you think, Dan Byer. There you uh, go. Randall, and he was, he's amphibious along the way, too. Randall Cobb or Devontae Parker? Um, I'm going to take Devontae Parker. Uh, I can't trust the Green Bay offense. I just can't. We haven't seen big games against Pittsburgh overall. Wide receivers have struggled, but certainly with Hundley under center, there's no consistency. The only guy I trust is Devontae Adams coming in as a back-end number two, and that's just wishing, wanting, and hoping that he breaks one. The Green Bay Packers' value is you have Jordy Nelson as a cold play against Pittsburgh today. The The fact is, is there are, there are fantasy teams that loaded up on Packers. Oh, hoping, yeah. You know, Martellus Bennett was a starting tight end. Jordy Nelson, a high pick. Obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers, Ty Montgomery. There are people who handcuffed uh, Jamal Williams with Ty Montgomery, not knowing about Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones. All injuries, they're all dealing with it. And then when you have the wide receivers who actually are staying healthy, now none of them have value. It's it's crazy on how things have turned to Green Bay. And the, the Packers just aren't good. Oh, no, it's a miserable experience, miserable slog through. You know, you're hoping, Don, if you're a Packers fan, I guess, that Dom Capers can dial something up to create mm-hmm. a little bit of chaos, but it's not going to be enough. You're looking at a two-touchdown uh, spread in this one, one of the larger that we've seen in recent memory, and you just haven't seen anything out of Hundley 
to make you believe that anything's going to change. I've told you that I like eight teams right now in the NFL that I feel that are really good teams, and they all actually happen to be division leaders. I don't believe in any of the wild cards right now. I'm not sold on Carolina. I'm not sold on Atlanta. The Seahawks are on the outside looking in 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 the NFC. They've got their own issues. But with all that being said, Mike, the Green Bay Packers at 5-5 five and five still mathematically have a shot, and if Aaron Rodgers was able to return, there's no way that Green Bay beats the Rams, Saints, Vikings, or Eagles, or two of those teams in back-to-back weeks, or having to go through three of those teams to make it to a Super Bowl. I, I, I don't even know why you would consider risking Aaron Rodgers, even if he comes back. I know he's a difference maker, but the way that those four teams are playing in the NFL, I think that those four teams beat Green Bay and if they get one win, there's no way they're going to reel off three in a row. No, and that's just it. You look at what the team is overall. you got some injuries defensively. Clay Matthews is banged up. You look at the offensive side. You haven't had that consistency in the run game. And now part of that is going to be with Hundley. But Jones ha- hadn't been playing well for a couple of weeks. Williams is a volume guy, not a, a game changer. The wide receivers are-, are all pedestrian at best at this point. And so what, you're going to try to play for one game? And yeah. risk a guy. Yeah. Hey, let's push you back off a very uh, serious injury, just um because we want a wild card game. Just doesn't make sense when you're None looking whatsoever. at Aaron Rodgers. You still have a few more years left in his career that you can get greater output. So why risk it in the final week or two of a season to try to salvage a six seed? I, I just don't. Wouldn't make sense to me. Packers and Steelers tonight in a Super Bowl forty five rematch. Mike told you Martavis Bryan a hot play this week. Because Juju Smith-Schuster out for Pittsburgh. The Falcons take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Big game for Atlanta as they're coming off that Monday night win in Seattle. But are Julio Jones' best days as a fantasy wide receiver also in the rearview mirror? We'll tell you that answer next year on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy, he's Mike Harmon, I'm Dan Beyer. Week 12 in the NFL is here. 13 games to play out the rest of the week as three already are in the books from Thanksgiving Day. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday, able to spend it how you wanted to, and hopefully you can spend today watching some football as you wrap up your extended weekend. Continue with the gluttony, Dan Beyer. That's what it's all about. Whatever the leftovers are there, let's finish them off before we get into the next work week. Uh, and rallying towards uh, full full speed ahead to your shopper's paradise and the holidays. And you know how you can help yourself? Go to Geico. Uh, Fox Football Sunday brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. No. Then you could save the money and go buy Dan a gift. Yeah, and if you wanted to buy me a gift, there's an album that I'm really, really looking forward to, and it's it's come out week after week. It's called Mike Harmon's Greatest Hits. This is volume week 11. Mohamed Sanu, you know, get at 65-plus receiving yards and or a touchdown, 5 of 7, where he's been healthy. For Sanu, did he make the catch? He did! Mohamed Sanu in the far right corner. Wes, this is a one-handed stab by Beantalk in the right corner of the end zone. 
and Larry Fitzgerald. He's got nine or more targets in six of his nine games, nine catches of at least 20 yards on the year. So the opportunities have been there. Certainly the target count has been high. Shotgun snap Gabbard, short set, lobs it, deep left side, fits it just, makes the catch, gets into the end zone for the touchdown. Phillip Rivers coming out of concussion protocol. You got a mid-link pass defense for Buffalo. Phillip's only been shut out once this year. Five multi-touchdown games and opportunity here, I I think, in a big way. They've got to get things jump-started. Shotgun snap, throws left. Keenan Allen dives toward the end zone. Signal touchdown. Rivers to Allen for the second time today. Matt Money Smith on that call there you go. a week ago. That wasn't from Thursday. That was from last Sunday's matchup, as you heard it on AM570 LA Sports. Might also. as well have had a repeat with the two games Keenan Allen's played yeah. the last two weeks. He'd been disappeared. We didn't know he existed anymore. He has uh, reappeared and reappeared with a vengeance for that Chargers offense that seems to be clicking. Also, Falcons Radio Network, one of the highlights there for Mohamed Sanu. Falcons have the Buccaneers today. No Devontae Freeman again out with a concussion. But you touched on it earlier. The Julio Jones dilemma continues for Atlanta. And while Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper and Taylor Gabriel are guys who are going to receive attention and, and may receive, you know, passes from Matt Ryan, it's still Julio Jones is the guy. But if you are a Julio Jones fantasy guy, you aren't necessarily happy with what you've got production-wise because he's got just one touchdown on the season. Should have been two, but yeah. that bomb he dropped against the Panthers. But the fact is, there are just not a lot of opportunities in the red yeah. zone for Julio. The 10th most targets through the first 11 weeks of the season. You've seen three of the last five weeks in double-digit targets. Opportunity has certainly been there, but... For Matt Ryan, and we talked about this a little at the top of the show, that we're not seeing those prolific touchdown totals and and the pinball-like numbers team to team. It's a little more disparate, a little more than the running game for a lot of teams uh, as we've rolled up this season. And But for Julio Jones, the yardage is there, but the final uh, big punctuation mark for you hasn't. Perhaps this is a week against the Tampa defense. The Falcons star wide receiver had a almost 1600 yard season in 2014 and then followed it up with that huge 1800 yard season the year after that. But last year, the Super Bowl year, you figured that numbers would regress from that 1,871 yard season. They did to about 1,400 yards. Going to be difficult for him to match that 1,400 this year. Now dealing with leg injuries, whether it be ankle or knee, it's just it's tough to to see. It's tough for me to put Julio Jones in that Antonio Brown category right now, where he was likely drafted, or heck, even a DeAndre Hopkins who's getting a lot of targets, even with Tom Savage as quarterback. Well, when you look at the the Julio Jones, it's been a dilemma to a large degree the last couple of years that even though the yardage was there. There were a couple of games that made up a, a very big chunk uh, of mm-hmm. the the overall production. That's just the way it works when you've got the big hitters. I mean, we were talking about that a little earlier. Now, not to equate it one to one with Amari Cooper, but most of his production came in one game. With Julio Jones, has never been a prolific touchdown scorer, but certainly for fantasy owners, at banking on the line settling in between the high and where mm-hmm. we've been the last couple of years, they were hoping for more and. Right now, the Atlanta offense still trying to find an identity as we're in week 12. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Bayer. We head west from Atlanta to the great state of Alabama. 
B.A. joins us this morning on Fox Football Fantasy. I know there, there are tears in much of the state, but smiles in the other parts. Morning, B.A. <laughs> good morning. How y'all doing? What's oh, up, we buddy? doing well. Oh, we're good. Hey, all was good, man. I mean, look, I, I'm going to speak the obvious. I'm going to bring out my Ph.D. in the obvious. You can't. You can't win every game. You can't win all the. I mean, okay. Let me let me let me give you some names real quick. Uh, Bill Belichick, uh, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Pete Carroll, Greg Maddox. What do they all have in common? They're great losers. They have, well, they they all have championships and they're all Hall of Famers, but they've all lost before too. So it happens. It happens. And what, how boring would life be if we won all the time? Nobody would show up to play us. Well, that's it. Right. And then you have the whole basketball thing, which was the better story that was happening at the same time that the football team was losing, where you Did have you a big that? fight. That was crazy. Guys? Yeah, you have a big fight. All right. So that for <laughs> folks that miss it, this is Alabama's yeah. basketball team. They have a, a big brawl, so the entire bench gets kicked out. Then they have a player get hurt and carried out, and then another guy falls out, so you finish three on five. <laughs> and then again, the Sexton scored 40 points, and they only lost by, like, what, four points. <laughs> I don't know if that means Alabama's good or Minnesota sucks. I don't know what that, what that says. Might, might be something to say that Minnesota was a bit overrated. But <laughs> All right. All, All right, right, let's get All it. Right. Okay, um, so we don't know anything about Rashard Matthews, right? He's still just the game time. Yep, that sucks because I don't. Okay, I w- okay, I'm gonna give you these six. I picked up Eric Decker just in case. I'm gonna give you these six and rank them for me, please. All right, I got uh, Christian Soldier McCaffrey at the Jets. I got uh, Dion. What you talking about, Lewis? Uh, against the Dolphins. <laughs> I got Martavius Maximus Bryant uh, against the Packers. Uh, Duke of Earl Johnson Jr. At the Bengals, uh, Eric Double Decker at the Colts, and Zay, uh, what you say, uh, Jones at uh, at the Chiefs. I need to to rank those for me. I'm trying to all of all of them. I don't have. I'm trying to figure out what to do with that receiver question there. Mm-hmm. And real if hey, real quick, if you'll let me, go real ahead. Quick. Not just in sports, but in life, not just in sports, embrace your success. Never hold that inside. But until the next time, be safe and stay blessed. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. Roll tight, America. Be good, B.A. On the day after the Iron Bowl. See there, still positivity. A bastion of positivity. All right, let's get at it. Work it out of the slot a little bit more in practice. That's one of the big stories you'll read about today. Christian McCaffrey gets our number one spot out of this list. Number two, Deion Lewis, even though with the workload split, even though you got Burkhead, even though you got James White, Lewis still double-digit count each week. Uh, opportunity here in what is a huge Point spread against the Miami Dolphins. Third, I'm going to go to Martavis Bryant uh, as we we look at this spread out uh, NFL slate. Right, we're we're looking to find new heroes. Juju Smith Schuster is out. I was trying to be kind of what uh, the schedule may give us today because on paper doesn't look so great. Uh, and then going beyond that, Johnson, then Jones, then Decker. I have no idea what to expect from Decker in that game. You mentioned the Dolphins-Patriots game being one of the five games that we've got where you're you're seeing double-digit spreads. It went from 15.5 to 16.5 up to 17. So people are still loving the Patriots despite that huge number. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. We love 
Isaac Lohenkron as he fills us in on the latest of what is happening, not only in the fallout from the Iron Bowl, but there could also be some fallout from the Pac-12 and the coaching carousel that doesn't just include Chip Kelly. That's right. It's been spinning wildly and wildly. We have a development on that on Saturday on the field. Number six, Auburn making the college football playoff picture. Jump, jump against number one, Alabama. Third down and two in motion. Carry on. We'll keep it. Then a jump pass in zone. They can't fires. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Touchdown, Auburn. The little jump pass. I love Tim Tebow, and the Tigers lead six to nothing. The venerable Rod Bramblett with the call on WTGZ as the Tigers defeated the Crimson Tide twenty-six to fourteen. Number three, Clemson won a twenty-fourth ranked South Carolina thirty-four to ten. Number five, Wisconsin improved to twelve and zero with a thirty-one nothing win at Minnesota. Number twenty-one, Stanford defeating eighth-ranked Notre Dame thirty-eight to twenty. So the Cardinal will play USC in the Pac-12 title game thanks to number seventeen Washington's forty-one fourteen win over thirteenth-ranked. Washington State, 18th-ranked LSU over Texas A&M, 45-21. Still no word yet on the status of embattled A&M head coach Kevin Sumlin. As Dan indicated, Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman reporting a short time ago that Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson has scheduled a meeting this morning with head coach Todd Graham. The Sun Devils defeated Arizona yesterday to improve to 7-5. and They finished second in the Pac-12 South, but still questions surrounding the job status of Todd Graham apparently will be answered one way or another this morning. Finally, Dan and Michael in the NFL. Adam Schefter reporting that newly acquired Chiefs cornerback Darrell Revis won't play today against the Bills, while Saints cornerbacks Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley out as well against the Rams. Chris Mortensen reporting that Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey will play today against the Cardinals despite a hand injury, while Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reports that the Cowboys will wave veteran running back Darren McFadden. Back to you guys. Say wave. I always said, wave goodbye. That's what they're going to do <laughs> to Darren McFadden. See you later. Thanks, Isaac. It is Fox Football Fantasy. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Jets and Panthers playing at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey today. Greg Olson returning, ideally, according to head coach Ron Rivera, he's going to play about half the snaps returning from that broken foot. But for Carolina right now, 7-3, and three, game back of the Saints in the NFC South. They do have a meeting coming up with New Orleans that they can even the season series and maybe pull even in the division. But of the teams that I that I included in my I believe in, th- teams that I think are good or, or great teams in the NFL, I don't have the Panthers in that spot yet, but if Cam Newton continues to be Cam Newton and being the runner that I think that he needs to be, Carolina could be moving up into that spot, taking on a Jets team today that is what Matt Forte is a game-time decision. Yeah, as we look at the the Jets, it's all going to come down to can you make a big play in the passing game with Robbie Anderson, Austin Safarian Jenkins, can you push? But we look at Carolina overall, what's been understated, I think, during this entire process in the way Cam Newton uh, has really captivated folks. One of the last superstars, right, if we're going to do that in the Mm -hmm. WWE term of here's this individual larger than life. We lost a lot of them to injury this year, so Cam Newton with the cowboy hats and the big, bold, brash 
uh, suit coach. If I can get a copy of the the one he had <laughs> two weeks ago, I would like that. Um, they're fifth in total defense, giving up 18 points per game. Defense has done a great job, particularly against the run. So that that's what we're looking at here. Fortunately, uh, if you're a Jets fan, you're saying, well, we don't really run the ball terribly well. Bilal Powell, McGuire, better uh, at slipping out as receivers and maybe making a big play there. But for Carolina, this is a game that just doesn't feel right. In a day where we're talking about big point spreads and heavy favorites, this is one where they've got to be careful not to trip up. You're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey. I don't expect much from Greg Olson. A lot of questions about him coming in. Three of six targets for 28 yards his first two games before he got hurt was not a big factor. Now, obviously, they're much better uh, overall. And Cam Newton, five of his last sevens, finished as a QB1, giving you top-notch efforts from a fantasy perspective. But this is one that has that it's a trap kind of feeling to it as they go to play the Jets. Eric's got Christian McCaffrey, Tevin Coleman, and Deion Lewis. He needs two running backs. Ooh, now you're talking about three quality options. Normally we don't get that. We get two out of three, and it ain't bad. Uh, I get to quote Meatloaf on a (laughs) Sunday morning, so I win. Uh, Deion Lewis is going to be the guy that's going to be the odd man out for me there. Coleman, the obvious number one based on volume and based on opponent. You look at McCaffrey, expecting him to have a big workload and a big target count as a receiver. Deion Lewis, I I like him, but he's third on this list. The Colts get Jacoby Brissett uh, able to play, clearing concussion protocol against the Titans today. And if I'm talking about teams that would be in the playoffs that I don't necessarily believe in, the Tennessee Titans are another one of those teams at 6-4. and four, But there's holes defensively. DeMarco Murray seems to still be in line to be the starter and to get carries. But again, it's just a matter of time. And if you're a DeMarco Murray player in fantasy football, I think that you have to have concerns. You like the vote of confidence that you get from head coach Mike Malarkey, but the fact is you got a Tennessee team that is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against a bad Colts team. No, and that's, that's it. The Colts most weeks are, are game and do give you a little bit of a of a battle along the way, but you look at the Tennessee offense, Mariota is one of the bigger disappointments of this year. Uh, the numbers that are the equivalent of guys like Trevor Simeon and some of the others that have really struggled, and he's had some injury concerns along the way. But from the receiving core, other than Delaney Walker, there's not been consistency. Matthews has had a couple of big games and is the go-to target, but now a game-time decision. Corey Davis finally back from injury, 22 targets over the last three weeks, so potential for a big pop here against the Indianapolis secondary. But the running game, just difficult. DeMarco Murray comes in as a mid-number two with upside because we've seen the run game take over games in the past. And Derrick Henry, no better than a flex play, wishing and hoping that suddenly things start running downhill, that he can suddenly pick up a big touch count. Cincinnati Bengals take out the Cleveland Browns today as Cleveland looks for their first win. This is a number that actually isn't even a double-digit spread. Cleveland comes in as an eight-point underdog. But if you're if you're looking at this matchup, I know you like some of the Bengals in this game, but there's reports that Josh Gordon could be back for the Browns, not this week, but week 13. Is there any future value to pick up the Browns wide receiver? I think we look at it. Next week will be a tough go coming back his first game in. It'll be against the surging Chargers, so that's not a an easy proposition. Their cornerbacks are playing really well right now. Uh, as I mean, offensively, obviously, you've seen Keenan Allen 
reemerge and re-engage to become a a top-flight option, but defensively they're playing well. But you look at the long-term play with Gordon, if they're going to activate him and they've been this loyal and hanging around, they're they're hoping that there's lightning in a bottle, that maybe it can open up things for Deshaun Kaiser, that you can decide maybe on his future when he's got both Gordon and Coleman streaking downfield, that that gives them something to work on towards 2018. So if nothing else, I'm playing defense. I've been advocating this for a couple of weeks. Now we're really at that point where Josh Gordon may not give you meaningful stats at all, but that's fine if he's on your bench. Mm -hmm. But if suddenly he's catching lightning in in, in a bottle and he's the number three receiver on the team against you in the playoffs because they're rolling the dice for big hits, then suddenly you're on the out. So why not pick him up if you've got that extra roster spot to churn even if you don't intend to ever play him, your wide receiving core is strong enough that he's not getting in. It's it's also one of those situations that I don't know that anybody has an idea. I don't think the Browns know what to expect from Josh Gordon at this point. I don't know what the Seahawks expect for the back end of their secondary, but they're going to be without Cam Chancellor, and now Shaquille Griffin is out as well. We know Richard Sherman done for the year with that Achilles injury. In, in all honesty against Atlanta, the defense didn't play that bad. They gave the Falcons a lot of short fields in that Monday night affair. But now you're going in up against the Niners team that isn't going to Jimmy Garoppolo and sticking with C.J. Beathard. I guess that, that I don't want to say it, it bodes well one way or another, but at least if you've got a, a Carlos Hyde, you're playing him this week against the Seattle front seven, even, that, uh, even though that seems mostly fully intact. Yeah, I think we're still going to be looking at Carlos Hyde probably as a back-end number one in that 10 to 13 range uh, as you go through, which would make him a high-end number two, of course, if we can do the simple math. Uh, But just based on volume, you're going to get him in. Uh, Goodwin maybe as a back-end three, just as a throw it up and let him go try to make a play. Beyond that, uh, it it gets a little bit difficult. Tight end position maybe where Beathard will go a little bit, he'll make plays with his legs, but certainly not investing too heavily. On the other side, McKissick would be the potential back-end number two. He's, only, he's the most consistent he's, back Well, he's the season. last guy standing. Yeah, he's healthy, and they've kept him active. So he gets a number two nod for those desperate looking for some touches along the way. Graham will play in this game, so he gets back into his top five. Option as an option for Russell Wilson, and Wilson obviously for fantasy purposes uh, has exceeded expectation while running for his life. <laughs> Finally, quickly before we uh, we have some fun, not that we aren't right now, but the Bills and Chiefs play today. Tyrod Taylor back in as the starting quarterback. It's got to be a boom for the Bills offense, but they won't have Calvin Benjamin today out with that knee injury. Taylor, uh, mid number two. With upside against Kansas City right now, you look at LaShawn McCoy, obviously, the beneficiary of of Taylor coming back, so you don't stack the box. It's basically playing the box in one and then some uh, against him last week when we saw Peterman in. But you look at what how Taylor finished, maybe it's a jump start and a big spot here. On the other side, Alex Smith, a difficult spot for him against Buffalo, only one 
QB1 performance against them this year. Still waiting for the big plays. I think for Kareem Hunt, if he's ever going to bust out, this is it against the Buffalo run defense. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Black Friday is now in the past, but we give you the information that you need if you're shopping for an NFL fan in your family, yes, that comes up next right here on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio. Going to get together with a family here in a sec. He's Mike Harmon and I'm Dan Beyer. But the Bears and Eagles will play in Philadelphia today. Kicker Jake Elliott back from his concussion for the Eagles. A lot of Plenty of opportunity issues. today. <laughs> it should be the uh, Eagles uh Two-touchdown favorite over the Chicago Bears. The Eagles' backfield, by the way, four guys that are getting Corey Clement, Kenyon Barner, in addition to LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi. That's a tough spot to be in if you're uh, looking for fantasy success, despite all the points that they put up. Certainly looking at Ajayi to be the leader of the backfield with the touch count. LeGarrette Blunt still stealing some goal line touches and occasionally slipping out as a receiver out of the backfield. Clement's kind of interesting, just the touch count that he's had the last couple of weeks and taking full advantage of those. But once we do that, add Barner, and it, it is such a tough road to try to find one. It's the New England backfield part two. <laughs> and with the Eagles jersey numbers, I'm like, okay, is that is that Corey Clement? Is that Kenyon Barner? Is that Jay Ajayi? Can't tell. Yeah. I can't tell you this. It's time to... Play the field. Oh, let's go. All right, guys. Top 10 answers on the board. Sam Kinsey, our technical producer, is here, as is Robert Dosmati, our executive producer. Isaac Lohenkron from the anchor desk, teaming up with Mike Harmon to make up our Fox family. Top 10 answers on the board. Black Friday was two days ago. Tomorrow is Cyber Monday, getting Christmas gifts. We're looking for the most popular jerseys on NFL.com. For the month of October, it's the latest numbers we can get. November, obviously not done. But with the top 10 answers, guys, I am also going to give you a hint, okay? Four of these players are not playing or haven't played in Week 12, whether it be injury or maybe other reasons. So, yes, four of these players out to the top 10. Let's start with Mike Harmon. Top 10 most popular jerseys on NFL.com for October. J.J. Watt. Oh, J.J. Watt, the Houston Texans, obviously dealing with that season-ending injury. Show me J.J. Watt. No! no! The Texans! Oh, yeah, wow. right off the bat. We do have a pass involved if you want as well. Rob Dosmati, you are up next. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback. Show me a Rodge. There you ah, go. Yes, one of my buddies about 10 years ago said, give me A-Rodge with a fantasy draft. That's what we continue to call them. Sam Kinsley, technical producer. One of the four, by the way, of players that are out of action. Top 10 jerseys, most popular for October on NFL.com. Let's go with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, the Eagles quarterback. Show me Carson Wentz. There he is. Number one answer. The most popular jersey for the month of October. Let's go over to Isaac Lohenkron. I'm guessing he just had uh, quinoa for his Thanksgiving meal and avocado ice cream instead of pumpkin pie. Tom Brady. (laughs) Should we pat you on the back for that one? Yes, we will. Tom Brady. 
third best-selling jersey in the NFL. Back around to Mike Harmon. You know, I had Harman. quinoa burgers a couple of weeks ago. They were delicious. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Yeah, Fox Football Fantasy brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I'm going to go Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, <laughs> from A to Zeke. Yes, there he is. Number five on the list of most popular jerseys. Back to Rob Dosmati. Uh, Let's go with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh Steelers, the huge fan base. It's got to be a steal, right? Yes, it is. Antonio Brown, ninth on the list. Four answers, excuse me, five answers remaining. Most popular jerseys on NFLshop.com. That's what it is for the month of October. Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ezekiel Elliott, and Antonio Brown off the board. Pass is still available as we come up to Sam Kinsley. I'm going to go resurgent guy from the Saints, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. That? Oh, maybe. Come on, maybe Sam. Number nine's flying off the rack. No, they aren't. No, they are not flying off the rack. The pass is still available. Two strikes over to Isaac Lohenkron. I'm going to stay with the Patriots and go for party guy Gronk. Rob Gronkowski has a top 10 jersey. Show me Gronk. There were two guys that were out of the four. Do you guys want to take a guess to see of of the four that could still be available? Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, there he is at number 10. The other player that was out, Deshaun Watson. Watson oh, how yeah. soon you forget. Of course, of course. Hey, nobody picked Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders there. What? And the final one, a tight end. A tight end. Just anybody throw it out there. A tight end made the top 10. That isn't Rob Gronkowski. C.J. Fedorowitz. C.J. Fedorowitz is the <laughs> Get that Hawkeye guess. <laughs> Travis Kelsey making no, the list? No. Jason Witten. Yes. The boys what? will be boys. How about that? Even yeah, when they're losing. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.